Open your Bibles to Galatians. Thanks, Brother Travis. Galatians chapter 1. The name of the message today is Christ Gave Himself. Christ Gave Himself. And we'll continue our study in the book of Galatians. So far, we've looked at the first three verses of this wonderful epistle. And as I said in previous studies, before Paul does any correction, in the verse we're looking at today, before Paul does any correction, he's going to present the gospel to them. He's going to lay the gospel before the Galatian churches. And he brings forth, in verse 4, the work of Christ's redemption. And he sets it forth right before them. He sets before them the complete, finished, sin-atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ before he does any correction. Again, if you read the book of 1 Corinthians, which is also a book where he does some correcting, read chapter 1, it's all Christ. So Paul has a, uh, a trend, if you want to say, of doing this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. Remember that too. The real author is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's presenting through Paul's writings before the Galatian churches Christ in his redemptive work. So let's read the first five verses. Paul, an apostle, not of man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. See, Paul's including the Galatian churches with, with the fact that Christ gave himself for his people that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Brother Charlie sent me an email this week, and then as I looked at verse 4 again, that really popped out at me um, where it says, for our sins. So he's not looking at them as unbelievers. He's writing to them as believers. Even though this error has crept in, and some of them have believed that error, and now he's going to, this, this letter, he's going to correct them in chapter 1. We're going to see, I told Charlie, we're going to see some of the strongest language that's used by Paul in chapter 1 where he says that these, these false teachers, let them be anathema, let them be cursed. Though, though we are an angel from heaven, preach another gospel, let them be cursed. My, that's strong language. That's strong language. So look where it says, who gave himself for our sins. We see again in verse 2 that, that it's written to the churches of Galatia. So he says, who gave himself for our sins. That's a fact. That's a fact. Christ gave himself for the sins of his people. That's a fact. We see it right here. Why? That he might deliver us from this present evil world according to whose will? According to the will of the Father. Look at that. According to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What, what else can you say but what verse 5 says after verse 4? Oh, all glory goes to you, Lord. All honor and all praise goes to you. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you. So God's sovereign, <clears throat> God's sovereign grace bestowed upon a particular people through the perfect redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ, with absolutely no sinful 
human involvement is hated by all self-righteous religions. They hate it. They hate it. Because it takes us out of the picture. We, we can't add anything to the, to the full, complete, sinatoni work of the Lord Jesus Christ. If man tries to add something, they ruin it. It's no longer grace, Paul wrote. It's no longer grace. And false religious zealots have been with the church since the beginning. Judas was one of the twelve. And he was never born again. He was never born again. Self-righteous religious have always sought to add something that you have to do, very subtly, that you have to do along with the work of Christ to be saved. Anybody who tells you, and I'm telling anybody, anybody, I don't care, I don't care if they believe sovereign grace doctrine or if they're full-on full on staunch Armenian. Anyone who says there's something you have to do added to the work of Christ is a false gospel. It's, a, it's not good news. It's not good news. And the fact of, of verse 4, that Christ gave himself for our sins, that's good news. That's good news for sinners, isn't it? He, it's a fact. He gave himself for our sins. That he might deliver us, beloved. We're delivered. We're people delivered. Delivered from our sins. Delivered from the wrath of God. Delivered from the law of God. We're free. <laughs> and if the Son shall make you free, you're free indeed. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. So Paul brings forth that adding, adding works to the complete work of Christ, it's just false religion. False religion. Because look at this in verse 4, the complete sin atoning work of Christ. He gave himself for us. Now think of that. The king of glory. God's a spirit, right? He can't die. So he becomes a man. Bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. Why? To redeem us. And now he's in heaven, the God-man. Isn't that amazing? God did that for us. God did that for his people. He, it says here that he gave himself. Do you know he gave himself willingly? Willingly. He volunteered to give himself for us. He get, it's a fact. He gave himself what? For our sins. The sinless substitute dies in the sinner's place. Oh, it's good news. Are you a sinner? Has God shown that you that you're a sinner? Flee to Christ. He is the only hope. He's the only hope. I was talking to my daughter this week. And I said to her, you know, people worry about, well, am I one of God's elect? Or am I not one of God's elect? Don't worry about that. Are you trusting Christ or are you not trusting Christ? If you're trusting Christ, you're one of his elect. People get all hung up on these things. If God gives you faith to believe on Christ, you're one of his people. And what is believing on Christ? Just trusting him. Just resting in his finished work. Resting in the fact that he gave himself for my sins. That he might deliver me from this evil world. That he might deliver me from my sins. All according to the will of God. This is God's will that this happened. That's amazing grace. 
That's amazing grace that Christ would do that. And, and put yourself in there. Who gave himself for, put your name in there, for my sins. If you're a believer. And not just mine, but my brothers and sisters that I fellowship with. And not just them, but, but other believers in this world. And not just them, but a multitude that no man can number who are in glory already singing the redeemed song. And not just for them, for the lost sheep who will believe on Christ. A number that no man can number. It's amazing. And then for the believer goes, I'm included in that number? Me? Me? Oh my. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. My. Any genuine saving interest in spiritual matters is created by God in us too. Think of that. Do you have a hope now that you didn't have before? That was created in you by God. Do you love the Bible now? Do you love the gospel when it's preached? Do you love hearing that Christ gave himself for my sins? Do you love that? That love is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit working in us. We didn't have that love before. Do you love God's people? Do you love the Scriptures? Do you love hearing the gospel preached and proclaimed? Do you love the fact that when... And did you ever think of this? This is, this is something to think about. Did you ever think that you'd love it when a preacher says you're a sinner because that's what we are? Before I was saved, if someone said I was a sinner, right? Well, that's fighting words. Now it's like, yeah, I'm totally a sinner, but I'm a saved sinner. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the mighty name of Jesus. I've been born again by the Holy Spirit of God, and now I've been granted faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my. Here's a quote by Pastor Henry Mahan. Salvation is of the Lord, cried Jonah from the belly of the fish, and indeed, it is as the Father who chose us and who set his love upon us from all eternity. So God's love has been set upon us from all eternity. He goes on. It is the Son who redeemed us, the Lord our righteousness, who by his life and death both sanctified and justified us in God's sight. Wonderful. It is, by the, Holy, it is the Holy Spirit who quickened the dead. That dead spiritually. We were dead spiritually. He quickened us, beloved. We're alive now. We're alive now. And made us to live. But all saving acts must be performed by the man himself. Now think of this. And this is from Henry, as, as faith is a gift of God, but the Holy Spirit never believed for anybody. We believe. It's not his office to believe, but to, to woo and draw and teach us to believe. He gives us faith to believe. And it's our faith, isn't it? It's in Christ. Yeah. And then he says, the sinner must believe. Repentance is the work of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit never repented. What, what has he to repent of? Nothing. It is the sinner who must repent. And by God's grace, we do. Again, not only are we given faith to believe on Christ, but we're given repentance before God. That's why, we, that's why sin bothers us now, beloved. When it never used to bother us at all. 
There must be in every person who comes to Christ a personal repentance and a personal faith. And though these are wrought in him by the Holy Spirit, yet they are his own acts or her own acts. For instance, oh, he goes on, they cannot be the acts of anyone else. So pray in in a prayer that somebody's trying to repeat. That won't help you at all. People say, well, repeat this prayer after me. That's their confession, not yours. Won't help you at all, won't help me, right? He says, they cannot be acts of anyone else or the person has not repented and has not believed and there is no spiritual life in him. For instance, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. He helps our infirmities, but we pray. You see, faith is given to us and it's exercised by us. And it has one object, and that's Christ. Repentance is given to us, and we exercise repentance, don't we? People always get hung up, you know, oh, have you repented? Well, a true believer will repent all the time. Do you not find yourself? I find myself going to the Lord, Lord, forgive me. I blew it again. Oh, my. Once again. Well, see, we didn't feel that way before the Lord saved us, did we? That's a good sign, beloved. <laughs> That's a good sign. Oh, and then he finishes this with this. True desires after God must be your own desires. The desire is wrought in you. It's wrought in us by the Holy Spirit of God, but it's still yours and mine. That's why Paul said the gospel of my salvation. Christ is my salvation. Mine personally. Is he yours? My. Oh, I pray God make it so if he's not. That's the end of his quote there. Now, before we look closer at verse 4 and 5, let me remind you what the gospel is. Now, this is paramount because Paul is going to bring it forth here. When God's ministers preach the gospel, we declare Jesus Christ. We declare him. I turned a guy on yesterday thinking, ah, he's on sermon audio. I thought, oh, I'll click on him. And it's, uh, he had a sermon about the incarnation. And, and I thought, well, I'm doing a study on that. I'll listen to this guy. I've never listened to him before. And I shut him off after about five minutes. You know why? Because he talked about St. Nick for five minutes. Some Catholic guy. I'm not, I'm not interested. And this is a Baptist guy. I'm not interested in that stuff. Didn't mention Christ for five minutes. That's enough for me. Goodbye. Gospel preachers, we declare Christ. And we're going to set him forth before you. Because that's what we're called to do. And Jesus Christ is Jehovah. He's the second person of the Godhead. He's, he's the second person in the divine trinity. You know, the gospel of God is Christ. It's Christ. You take Christ out, there's no gospel. There's none. My. You know, there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And also the scripture says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He's the one. He's one with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, And he gave himself for us. God gave himself for us. 
to deliver us from our sins and to deliver us from this present evil world, all according to the will of God, all according to the will of God from eternity. Let that sink in this week. Let that sink in. Christ gave it. If you're a believer, let, just think on this this week. Christ gave himself for me according to the will of God from eternity. Well, that will clear up a bad day. I'll tell you. Christ, God gave himself for me? God in the flesh gave himself for me? Yes, Wayne. And yes, believer in Christ. Isn't that wonderful news? That's about the best news you're ever going to hear. I'll tell you, it don't get much better than that. Oh my. Absolutely wonderful. No, it's wonderful. Christ is our sovereign creator who spoke everything into existence. The scripture says all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. That, that's who gave his life for us. Scripture also says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He spoke it into existence. That's who saved us. So do you think the God who spoke the universe into existence and then became a man and saved us, do you think he'll lose any of his people? Never. <laughs> if, if he just spoke the worlds into existence, keeping me in his hands, nothing. Right? And keeping you in his hands is nothing. If he could trust They have a God of their imagination who's limited in what, they can, what he can do. Our God is not limited, beloved. He has all power. And he keeps us right in the palm of his hand. As a matter of fact, we're engraved on the palms of his hand. Oh my. Ever before him. Ever before him. That's just incredible. My oh my. So when God's ministers, when God's preachers preach the gospel, we declare what Christ has done and who he did it for. He saved his people from their sins and he saved the people of God's choosing. He didn't die for everyone. But he died for his people, beloved. Scripture says he came to save his people from their sins. He will. He shall save his people from their sins. And he's, he did it, didn't he? Praise God! Oh, my. Our great majestic God, our sovereign creator, became a man. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, John said. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He saw him like we see each other. And then in 1 Timothy it says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So what Paul's doing here, he's setting forth before them the, the incarnation of Christ, the fact that, that God saved you to the Galatians. And I ask you, if God saved you, is there anything else we need to do? There's nothing we need to do, is there? And if there was anything we could do, as I said last week, why then did Christ come to this world? If there was anything we could do to save ourselves, why did Christ come into the world? Why did God himself 
become a man because there's no way we can save ourselves. Christ must deliver us from our sins, beloved. Christ and him alone. And by his one offering, by the offering of himself, he sanctified and perfected forever all his chosen people. Now we're still sinners. But in God's eyes, he sees Christ when he looks at us because we're robed in that perfect spotless righteousness. My, it's just amazing. And as a man, our suffering redeemer, redeemer by himself removed all the sins of his chosen people from God's sight forever. Well, somebody says, well, what about my future sins? Well, again, all our sins were future at Calvary, right? Did Christ pay it all? Absolutely. Everything for every single sin we will ever commit in, in our, sorry, in our lives. It's wonderful. He obtained eternal redemption. He obtained it by the giving of himself. He obtained eternal salvation for his blood-bought people. And the risen, exalted God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, has entered into heaven to appear in the presence of God for us. And as the risen God-man, he's seated at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding for you and I, for his people. And he's our surety. He's our surety, beloved. He guarantees our salvation. You know what a surety is, right? I, I didn't know until I was talking to Jake and Jake out west there, and he does, he does contracts for the National Guard. And the contractor will say, okay, I'm going to do this work. And if he can't finish the work, the surety steps in and finishes the work. They guarantee that the work would be done. And every contract has to have a surety. Couldn't save ourselves, could we? Who steps in? Our surety. And he finishes the work. And it's completely his work. We didn't even get started. <laughs> it's done, beloved. It's done. The surety's paid it all. Oh. And these truths are a summary of the glorious gospel of God's sovereign grace. Look what he says here in verse, verse 4. It's, it's a summary of these wonderful truths. Who gave himself for our sins. He's sinless. He gave himself for our sins. That he might deliver us from this present evil world. Now that might there, might there doesn't leave a, a chance that we'll see that later on. It's not... It's not like, well, he might, he might deliver us. No, he's delivered us. He's delivered us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. And God's born-again, blood-washed children believe that Christ didn't try to save us. He didn't try to save us, beloved. Like some false preachers say, and now the rest is up to you. No, no. There's nothing I can do to save myself. He didn't try to save us, No. No, he gave himself for our sins. And the text proclaims that. So rejoice as we look at this verse, beloved. Rejoice. He gave himself for our sins. It's a fact. It's a fact. And we believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior, don't we? We believe that he did save us. He did save us. It's not, he didn't try, he did. He saved us. We believe that Jesus Christ 
is Jehovah God. And because he's Jehovah God, beloved, he can't fail. Has God ever failed of anything he's, that he has want, wanted to be done? Has his will ever been thwarted? Never. God can't fail. <laughs> we fail all the time. I know I did. Land flat in my face. My, God doesn't ever fail. And we believe that Jesus, we believe as, as, as born-again, blood-washed believers that Christ gave himself for our sins. We really believe that. He gave himself for my sins. He delivered me. Not only from this present evil world, but he delivered me from all my sins. And you know what else we believe? We believe that God saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied. The substitute died in our room in place and God is satisfied. He's fully, fully satisfied. He's, he's so satisfied that he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh my. And he's pleased with everybody in Christ. Oh, that's good news. Now, turn if you would to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 22. <clears throat> It says here in our text, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Do you know that Christ is the great deliverer? He's the great emancipator. He freed us. We were in such bondage. We were in bondage to our sin. Oh, we were in bondage. We didn't even know we were in bondage to our sin. And we were in so much bondage. He set us free. Look at this in 2 Samuel chapter 22. Verses 1 to 4. My. And remember, I'm going to read our text again. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Look at this in Second Samuel 22, verses 1 to 4. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this psalm in the day that the Lord had, what? Delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies. Well, what was our enemies? Our own sin, the law of God, the justice of God, right? the wrath of God. My. God, Christ delivered us from all our enemies. Look at this. Delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. He repeats it again. My deliverer. He's my, he's my rock. Oh, he's my rock. He's the rock of my salvation. He's my fortress. He's my hiding place. Is he yours? And he's my deliverer. I'm set free. He's delivered me from my sins. Has he delivered you from your sins? Oh, I pray that he will. I pray that you will, he'll grant you faith to believe on Christ. Because if, if Christ died for you 2,000 years ago, he's going to get you. He's going to draw you to himself. Because he won't lose one of his sheep. Not one. When I was a lost sheep, I had no idea I was one of God's sheep. I didn't have a clue. And you couldn't tell me apart from, from one who wasn't God's sheep, who was a goat. You couldn't tell. I, I acted like a goat all the time. Norm Wells said this, and I, I, I like this, and this will just give you some light on how we struggle as a believer after we're saved, he says, I was a better Christian before the Lord saved me. <laughs> Meaning that now he knows I'm just a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> we know what we are, don't we? 
We've talked about that. Several of us have talked about that. We know what we are. We know what God's delivered us from, and we rejoice at this wonderful, wonderful fact. But he's, and look at that, the Lord, Jehovah, that's Jehovah in the Hebrew. Jehovah's, think of this as a believer, Jehovah's my rock. He's my rock. Jehovah's my fortress. Jehovah is my deliverer. And then go back to our text. Who gave him, this being Christ, this being Jehovah in the flesh, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and the Father. Oh, it's wonderful, Bobbin. Christ gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Now the word might there is not implying that he might not deliver us. It's not implying that. It's used in a positive way teaching us that because he gave himself for our sins, meeting all the conditions of the eternal covenant of grace in our place, that our deliverance is, is as true as God himself. We have true deliverance. Now, do we doubt? Yeah. Anybody tells you they don't doubt, they're lying. Even Peter said, Lord, what? What did Peter say? Lord, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord. Help me just to rest in you. But it's a true fact. It's as true as God himself that we've been delivered from our sins. That's good news, isn't it? Let, just chew on that this week, too. Just let that, let that, that fact, it's a true fact that, that Wayne Boyd has been delivered. And put your name in there. While you're, while you're working this week, it's a true fact that these strips have been delivered from all our sins. It's a true fact that Barb Kirkpatrick has been delivered from all her sins. It's a true fact Jim Bruins has been delivered from all his sins. Tom Butler. Isn't that amazing? It's a true fact. And put your name in there as a believer. It's wonderful. It's humbling, isn't it? It's extremely humbling. It brings us low. And that's what it should do. But then, it, then, then we rise up in joy. God himself gave himself to deliver me from all my sins. Let's say that word. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, that's the best news I've ever heard in my life. Oh, Scott Richardson used to say, since I heard the good news, I ain't heard no bad news. <laughs> I like that. That's so true. Oh, it's so true. Since I heard the good news, I've not heard any bad news. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. It's just wonderful. Oh. And God forgives all his chosen people for Christ's sake. Therefore, rejoice, beloved of God. Christ has delivered us from the wrath to come. We've been delivered. We've been delivered. He delivered us from the power of darkness. And he will deliver us from this body of death. And one day he'll deliver us from this present evil world to be, to be in his presence forever. Forever. That's good news, isn't it? All because he delivered us from our sins. All because of what he's done. And all according to the will of God. And I ran out of time. I got three pages left. So we're going to continue that next week.
I just got carried away there. That's okay. It's okay. Salvation's incredible, isn't it? In Christ. Oh, it's, it's wonderful.